All right, everyone, welcome back. This is Ryan Selkis, and you're listening to Masari's Unqualified Opinions, where each week I interview crypto's top builders, investors, and personalities to discuss the key trends in the industry. You can discover more about Masari at masari.io. But for now, let's get right into the episode. It's going to be a good one. This episode is brought to you by Nexo, the only lender offering instant crypto credit lines, which let you use digital assets as collateral to get cash in 45 different fiat currencies and stable coins. You can also park idle assets with Nexo and earn up to 8% annually. It's a company that's a strategic partner of exchanges, OTC desks, and crypto funds, all of which borrow, lend, and grow their assets using Nexo. Explore Nexo.io or reach them at institutions at Nexo.io to learn more. Save money this tax season with LucaTax, the crypto tax software I've trusted since 2014. LucaTax supports unlimited transaction uploads from major exchanges and wallets and offers live chat support if you get stuck. They help optimize your capital gains or losses reporting so you can max out this year's tax refund. LucaTax is offering a special discount for Masari's Unqualified Opinions listeners. Just use promo code MasariTax and you'll get $5 off the normal price of just $19.95. Go to L-U-K-K-A-T-A-X.com and save money this tax season. This podcast is presented by BlockWorks Group, one of the top blockchain events and media production companies I've worked with. For exclusive content and events that could help you with insight into the crypto and blockchain space, check them out at blockworksgroup.io and you will not be disappointed. All right, everyone, welcome back to Masari's Unqualified Opinions. I'm Ryan Selkis at 2BitIdiots. Very excited to be hosting a conversation with Mike Dudas, founder and CEO of The Block. Controversial figure, uh, Firebrand, uh, ultimately a, a phenomenal brand builder. So I'm not talking about myself in the third person, uh, but, uh, but people, I think on my team at least, maybe on Mike's team as well, uh, have often sent around the Spider-Man meme of two people pointing at each other uh, <laughs> when, it, when it comes to Mike and I uh, going off on Twitter. So um, Mike, it's, uh, it's great to have this conversation finally. I think it's been you know, long overdue. But uh, you know, before we get too deep into the weeds here, um, would love to just have you introduce yourself and um, most importantly, give a little bit of the backstory, not only of, of the block, but just your personal journey down the crypto rabbit hole over the last couple of years. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, excited to do that. Yeah, we, you, know, you and I met uh, a couple of years ago and was in the context of a, uh, a Telegram group and that was my, uh, candidly, my first foray into the wilds of, we'll call it sort of crypto. Well, now it's crypto Twitter is the word, but yeah, you know, sort of all the crypto social media. It's a, um, you know, sort of a wild environment. And uh, it was eye opening for me to jump from uh, traditional tech and business and fintech into the crypto ecosystem. Uh, it's <laughs> two years later uh, from when I originally met you. Um, yeah, I feel about twice as old, um, <laughs> twice as <laughs> twice as heavy, um, and uh, yeah, half the minute. No, I'm kidding. So, so it's been a wild couple of years. Um, but to your question, so entered the space to full time, as I just described, you know, right when things were rushing up and, and crescendoing. Um, but I've been a Bitcoin owner since 2013, 
um, for all hackers out there, you're welcome. Um, like Ryan, I enjoy talking about, you know, all of my security issues uh, publicly. And uh, that's why I get along so well. Um, the thing that drew me to Bitcoin, uh, I've, you know, in 2010 joined Google's wallet team and spent four years on that team. You know, it was a decade too early to mobile payments in America. Um, mm -hmm. I've been early on a number of things, was early at Venmo, um, which was acquired by Braintree because it was a little too early to P2P payments. Um, and, and before that, I worked on my music in the late aughts. So that was a decade early as well. But join, um, after working in FinTech, you know, at Google for a number of years, uh, working while I was at Braintree and meeting with the Coinbase team to talk about Bitcoin payments in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, and really being a little bit disillusioned, and I think we're still seeing this continue today with every fintech company out there seemingly having the aspiration perhaps other than stripe and square um and shopify which is sort of fintech -y adjacent uh to sell to you know a big bank or financial institution um you know i wanted to actually work on what would hopefully you know be disrupting financial institutions in the way that we describe them and you know the way they're regulated by the u.s government and other governments uh over the next few decades um, and, you know, discovering Bitcoin in 2013, not participating and being on the outskirts, but seeing it from a formal industry perspective, you know, got me excited about the potential, um, slightly aware of the risks, the personalities, the complexity. And then when I decided to jump in full time, holy shit, it was like awesome, terrifying, uh, confusing, and just a trigger for all of my good and bad size as well as seemingly everybody else who was participating. And yeah, you know, I probably monologued for five minutes now, so I'll stop here. Um, but looking at this, you know, confusing volatile space at a time when it was, you know, growing seemingly exponentially was, uh, was um, simultaneously amazing, scary. And, and just saw like, you know, I think what you saw, um, around, I mean, you've, you've been full-time for a long time, but, uh, a Darth of reliable, real, credible uh, information that led people to do really stupid and outrageous things. And, and that gets us to the core of what the block is. I don't want to go out on a limb and describe the block yeah. because I know that you're just going to correct me with some ostentatious vision my best not of everything, of everything that, uh, that you hope to do and more. Yeah. Um, people look at the block, they see uh, a, a media outlet that's competing with Coindesk. I think you yourself have, um, have, have been vocal about, you know, winning business away from Absolutely. Coindesk and, and growing the audience. Um, you've obviously got a very strong team of, of researchers that are, um, uh, omnipresent, uh, on, on Twitter in a good way. Yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot of the content has, has been exceptional. What's, uh, how do you describe the block and, and where are we now in terms of its evolution? Because, Oh, hi, Frank. Um, <laughs> uh, Frank, yeah. Frank went for a, a run, which you know, typically 12 minute pace, half walk, half run. There, there you go, man. Yeah. Um, so, sweat, which is bad, bad news. So, so, so maybe you can think about the block in terms of caricatures, Frank yeah. being the media elements and then uh, yeah. other folks being the research element, but, but how does, um, how does this business align with your original vision to just uh, improve information uh, in the mm -hmm. industry and, and where do you think you are now versus where you want to be? 
so the original you know, tagline was crypto simplified. Um, mm-hmm. And while we strive to do that, it, it doesn't describe, you know, what, what we do in its entirety. Um, so we've expanded that uh, into the first and final word in digital assets. Uh, and what that means really is, you know, we're not just simplifying things so you can understand them, but we'd like to be the first place you look to figure out what the heck's going on in this uh, space. Um, and, and we define the space pretty broadly. So it's not just covering public you know, blockchains and cryptocurrencies. So not just covering Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, Ripples, and uh, you know, Bcash, et cetera. It's covering central bank digital currencies. It's covering distributed ledger technology and stuff that is adjacent. So companies that are using the technology and governments that are thinking about money in new ways. Uh, the original idea and concept was, again, crypto simplified, and it was hatched at a time when there was a lot more momentum behind, let's just say, everyday people's interest in you know, learning more and going really deep in the technology. Uh, what happened is, you know, in 2018, as we started to form the brand and launch the brand, we realized we had incredible talent, uh, you know, Stephen, Frank, Larry, you know, editorial talent that was super experienced, had experience in various aspects of cryptocurrency, you know, and, and blockchain and fintech analysis and research. And so we we launched, you know, not really a crypto simplified brand, but one that had insider knowledge. People gravitated towards our all of our content was free in 2018, and uh, that was the original. You know, vision for the business was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in 2018, if, you know, hundreds of millions of people will be interested in this, uh, you know, imminent revolution that's happening today. Uh, what has clearly happened is everybody took a deep breath. Certainly, we did, and said, "Hey, this is going to be a uh, you know, multi-year, multi-decade." Uh, you know, evolution with, you know, incredible things happening, ups, downs, and, and everything in between. Just like I think a lot of technology and a lot of, uh, you know, financial markets over, you know, throughout history. Okay. So where we've come out is uh, we are focused on instead of, you know, sort of blockchain 101, um, call it, you know, some somewhere between, you know, crypto blockchain 201 and above. And uh, it's enough that if you're, if you're somebody who's aware of what's going on, you can kind of start with our news and journalism. That's our top of funnel. That's where you know, most people are aware of the block, the news and journalism brand. And mm-hmm. then you know, we will, through, as you mentioned, our social accounts and through our personal accounts, we uh, you know, basically tighten the funnel and connect to you know, the folks who are actually participating fully in the market. And then we sell you know, solutions as you know, including research, data, information, we can talk more about, you know, where we're headed with that. What's the, what's the X for Y comparison? Because I, I think of a lot of what you've done with the Genesis product is the information, but yeah. crypto specific. Yeah. So yeah, that's the starting point. And uh, I think with, you know, with this product, we go deeper than that. So it's, it's probably closer today to CB insights. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think that, uh, the information doesn't have a research team, uh, that, you know, sort of charts things out and has the, yeah, they're, they're more journalists than, mm-hmm. deep, 
I mean, they go deep as journalists, but just they don't have, you know, folks who have deep economics backgrounds, technology backgrounds, et cetera, on their, uh, on their team. And so, you know, bringing that in-house, we think it's key to the media and information model long-term. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, you, know, you mentioned the information. It's a phenomenal brand. I'm a subscriber. I love it um, and, and pay for it out of pocket personally, not corporate. So I think long-term you'll see them, you know, go in there and get product managers. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, Sam Lesson's the product manager, right? He, he writes quite a bit for, for them and does a tremendous job and they'll do more of that is, is what I would imagine. That's how you go up the price, the price funnel. So we go all the way up the price funnel from charging a retail subscription fee all the way to charging uh, enterprise research, you know, consulting, engagement, and uh, services fees. Um, but really, we don't call them fees. I mean, they're, they're partnerships. So you'll, you know, we, we align with companies, brands in the crypto and blockchain space like Masari does. And we enter into, you know, longer term relations relationships with them to, to help inform them across the news and journalism, research, and you know information services. You you said something probably unintentionally early on when I when I asked you about the um, uh, the direction of the business and and kind of how you think about things and and you referenced you know we cover all sorts of digital assets, uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then you said Ripples and Bcash, yeah. and it was very subtle. I don't know how many people would have caught it, but this uh, this is in keeping with what is otherwise uh, positioned at least early on as a very brash. And at times, in your face, uh, no holds barred brands. Um, Ripple's uh, folks in the XRP army would take exception to because they'd say Ripple is the company and XRP is the currency. Yeah. Bcash, there's the infamous scene of of Roger Ver, you know, flip, flipping off the camera and having it become a meme because he wants it to be referred uh, to as Bitcoin Cash, not not Bcash, or just Bitcoin. Yeah, or just Bitcoin. Um, and uh, how casually you said that, I think, belies the, the charge that's, that's underneath there. And uh, that's, that's consistent with the brand that you built early on. What, um, what is the ongoing direction that you want to take with the tone and the brand, not just of, of, yeah. the, of the site itself, but of all of the component parts? Because, you know, we, we talked about... Um, uh, when you first got into the industry, the, just the, the telegram channels and just the tone and tenor of Twitter and telegram and uh, the general heat that comes along with people, you know, getting very rabid about these discussions within yep. the industry. Um, there's an element where that kind of fits in, but is very much uh, at odds with, you know, more traditional, you know, journalistic or, or research outlets, but you've been able to uh, at least from all appearances, toe the line, so far, uh, without it becoming a brand issue or, or something that, that jeopardizes, you know, audience trust or, or, or user growth. Um, how, how has it been managing that fine line of being brash enough where people pay attention, but not going overboard or, or, or when you do kind of self-correcting, um, as, uh, as, as an outlet and, and within each individual who's ultimately representative of the brand. Yeah. So you know, it's 2000, just 2020. Um, you know, when people get information today, uh, if you take it from our president on down, uh, they, 
they want information, but they want it delivered, you know, with context, with personality and, uh, you know, with context and you can define those things, you know, how you want them, but they don't want a, you know, sort of monotone, um, you know, news anchor delivering them bullshit that they know is bullshit, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's how we've gotten information for far too long. So for starters, you know, the reason we exist is to deliver meaningful information in a tone that's accessible, you know, meaning like you, you either relate or you don't to people on our team, but we have a diversity of thinking perspectives and opinion such that you're going to find somebody on the team that you do kind of relate to and they're going to give you their thinking in an unfiltered way. Like you are the audience just as much as somebody else who is completely diametrically opposed to your point of view, but we're seeking, I wouldn't, there's no such thing as an objective truth for most of the things that we're talking about in this space. Um, so if there's anything I've moved away from, it's being tribal. It's saying there's, you know, an objective truth and a way to move away from that is to be open, to laugh, to be expressive, um, to be emotive and hell, you know, some people don't like that, right? They want to tell you how to think, how to be, and they basically want to tell you that everything's happening without, within the mental construct um, that they've created for society, for money, for you know, how you should interact with institutions um, of their choosing and definition. And so, you know, there's nothing like that at the block. Like, it's just a bunch of people who are way smarter than me who are super passionate about what they do, who care about their professions, um, whether it be journalism or research or building you know, the best technology and care deeply about money and about technology and about how those things intersect and you know, how they're changing. So um, a long winded way of saying our personality is that like we're fiery, fun, accessible and telling you what matters but we have to be smart as hell and I'm not. So I let the team do more of that now, right? Like if you saw in 2018, 19, you know, I was getting into trouble being the voice of the brand because guess what? Um, I don't like, you know, I, I started the company um, and, and started with a wonderful group of folks, but what's happened is the ecosystem has fundamentally changed since then. Uh, it doesn't care about personalities. It doesn't care about, um, me or you. It just cares. Like people just want, uh, something they can trust that's reliable. Um, it's embodied by obviously Satoshi being anonymous, but they want, you know, information delivered to them. They want it. Uh, I think again, to be all the things I just said, accessible, funny, easy to relate to. Um, but, I think they then want to laugh at the ideas, take them in a, you know, people want to discuss the ideas, digest them and, and have it be, and, and more of kind of, in a, uh, you know, forget the vessel. Um, you know, if I say something and, you know, Bitcoin maximalist Saifedean Amus says something and it's the same thing. Um, and it's like Bitcoin solves this coming from me today because it's me as the vessel. It could be the exact same words and the exact same thing. You know, you'd have 200 irate trolley comments on me saying that publicly on Twitter versus him saying it would be like plaudits, 4,000 retweets. It'd be like Bitcoin rocket rockets. So, you know, there's just so much, um, you know, angst and intensity and conviction 
and uh, ideas tied up in people's identity. We try and strip all that away, um, take it off of any one person, and you just have a, a ton of fun. And that's why you see if Larry Cermak or you know Frank Chaparro or, or Ryan Todd or Taylor Leibowitz or you know Stephen Zhang or Celia Wan or Yun Lich Zhang, anybody on our team says something um, publicly. Everybody loves it and they jump in. They have a freaking blast. We all have so much fun um, because we like talking to one another. Hey, I mean, we get annoyed just like any other team, but you can see kind of the humanity and, and we're having. Uh, and I think that attracts people and it's a lot more interesting than what Coindesk does, you know, where everybody, you know, for a while seemed to be kind of going through the motions like, hey, we're just putting out some content and, you know, Barry just had us move in with them and, you know, that's annoying. And then, you know, they had Michael take, you know, Casey take over and a few other folks take over and you know, now they're like a big you know, multimedia house. Um, but the, just, there's not the sincerity that you see from our team and that editorial sincerity and voice is what people are looking for. Um, and it has to stay with the brand versus the people. So we've really worked hard at that. Thanks for letting me just talk myself in the hole for eight minutes. Well, you know, that's what this is all about. I try not to interrupt when someone's uh, on a roll. roll. I, I think you um, edit that one down to two minutes, right? Uh, I don't edit this, you know, unfortunately <laughs> for you. So um, the, uh, I mean, you know, something that's, uh, you know, I don't want to get too much into the, you know, the block versus coin desk because you're obviously, yep. you know, going to be partial and I've, I've got some history there myself. So by the way, they're um, doing quality work. So that was, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, what I was going to reference was more, um, it, it was interesting that Mike McSweeney joined you guys recently yeah. amidst some of that shuffle um, because he was the last, uh, the last kind of core, like early coin desker. Um, totally. And, and, and seems like uh, he's, he's gone. Some might say to the light side or to the dark side, depending on their perspective um, to, uh, to, to join the, the block. But uh, one way or the other, I, I, I found that to be a pretty telling move. Um, Going back to the the comment though, you know, it, it's one thing to be lighthearted and, you know, and, and have fun with it and, and, you know, just be part of what I think is yeah. the general cultural vibe of, of crypto Twitter, which is to be snarkier, to, to be um, a little bit rough around the edges and, and, and at times, you know, confrontational, which is fine. You could argue it's healthy. Um, but at what point, you know, there is no objective truth, but, uh, if you take the assumption that everybody in your team is going to be opinionated, how do you, how do you minimize mistakes? Because you can look at any asset at all within crypto and a different audience will say it is a scam for X, Y, Z reasons. It is the greatest thing in the world for ABC reasons. And, and, and often there's very little gray area in between. How do you define mistake? I guess is my first question. When you say well, uh, well, min minimize mistakes. I wouldn't say factual mistakes, but just, um, just directional errors. Right. Um, and, and a good example, uh, is, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, being open to change your mind. I know that you're kind of publicly a, a Bitcoin maximalist for a while until you failed some purity test and, and was evicted from the <laughs> tribe. Right. So, um, the, you know, I, I had a similar, uh, interaction experience more recently with, with Justin Sun, and I'm not saying that I'm a convert to TRX cause I, I don't own that I own very few assets, yeah. but 
if you look at Flipside Crypto, which is an independent analytics firm that kind of runs all these different tests to create like a, a crypto asset score using this matrix approach for developer activity and markets, whatever, they scored fairly highly. And then you look at some of the M&A activity where you were basically able to use seniorage and acquire actual businesses mm-hmm. that are legitimate, BitTorrent, Poloniex, at least, you know, kind of the shell of its former self, but nonetheless mm-hmm. exists. There's an element where a project like that, which especially in the West has been just completely shot on uh, and, and, and derided, uh, you wonder if they're going to basically be able to fake it so they make it, if, even if you're a cynic, right? And then on the other hand, um, if you're too overboard and effusive in the praise of Bitcoin or Ether, which I know you, know, you have various folks in the team that are maybe much more bullish on that and, and bearish on, on pretty much everything else, you um, you run the risk of missing out on some of these tail events that mm-hmm. that take you off guard and and maybe you know question some of your assumptions. So I'm I'm using those as kind of the placeholders for what I think is a much broader point. Um, we have our portfolios, and then we have what we think is going to be true, and then there's what's actually going to happen. And in the seven years that I've been in the industry, the one thing I know for sure is what's actually going to happen is not going to be what I bet on perfectly. Yeah. Um, do you box yourself into a corner with a more opinionated form of journalism and, and, and research, especially if you're wrong and you're wrong in a big way and you piss off like a, a team or community that ultimately emerges as one of the big winners in, in this ecosystem? Yeah, perhaps. Uh, it's certainly a risk. Um, I think it gets back to how you frame this at the beginning, which is how do you, I, I think it was something along the lines of, you know, how do you avoid mistakes? And you know, we're not a team that I guess appro- we don't approach things from a risk mitigation perspective. Like, um, and that's clear, right? We, we uh, go out there with our you know hearts and minds and, uh, and then we have a process and a team. I don't want to speak. I, I, genuinely do not participate in editorial at the block. Um, and people joke about this and laugh, uh, you know, in various places. Um, but yeah, I'm not on the mailing list, the emails, the, the Slack chats, uh, where a lot of the activity happens and, and I don't engage, you know, in the office in those sorts of conversations. So it's hard for me to speak to the editorial process, um, in terms of what we choose to cover what I will say is in terms of the team creation process, you know, the idea is geographical and, uh, you know, sort of topic and, and affinity diversity. So meaning, you know, you mentioned Bitcoin and Ethereum and uh, we have folks, yeah, we have folks who are quote unquote maximalists perhaps in, you know, owning those specific tokens or a collection of them. But you know, when you put them up against other members of the team, they diverge. And so we're fortunate enough to have a big enough team where you have folks who you know, hold different coins and believe different things. So that's good. And then you're never like the audience, again, the recipient of what we're delivering is, you know, it's so many people um, and we owe it to all of them to, to cover things you know, pretty broadly um, that are important. So then there's, you know, so there's always the risk, uh, and this is what you're getting at, you know, with taking strong positions. Uh, but you know, that's how you make. I think you know that that's how you make um, 
people aware that you, you stand for something, you know, truth. And, and what we find is, you know, some of the projects that we cover with skepticism or, you know, some of the people, you know, are avid readers and respect us. Um, I think when you, the key is respect, again, respecting them. So, you know, if, uh, I do think, and I do think there are times, certainly when I, and, you know, there are folks on our team who perhaps, you know, you get flippant or like the key here is like, we're serving to put information out there that is high signal, high value. And you compromise that if you get, um, if you seem, you know, if there's any sort of not, if you get biased and, and you balance that with a need to tell a truth. And so, um, I think that we give, I know for a fact, I keep saying, I think I know. So we give respect to teams that are more honest that, that, you know, in Ryan Selkis's view of the world, um, you know, disclosed fully on the Masari registry or completely transparent and uh, are open books. And guess what? Like there's not too many of those teams. So what we have going in our favor is if you're out there on record as having copied you know, somebody's white paper, if you're out there on record as having lied about the creation of your token, well, guess what? You've lost the benefit of the doubt and you are not to be trusted. And therefore, you know, in my view of the world, and I think in most reasonable people's view of the world, there's going to be an additional layer of skepticism because you had those foundational gaps and problems that you're not addressing that you've moved past. And this is my personal view. I'm not speaking for my editorial team, but my personal view on the world is you, people should be skeptical of you, particularly in an ecosystem and a world where we're saying, you know, we're moving to trustless, you know, decentralized protocols and processes. Well, for Christ's sake, like if your origin is, you know, basically mired in Merck and you know, dishonesty potentially, you know, then I think, people are absolutely going to and justified in questioning what happens after that with a higher level of scrutiny. It's just human nature and it makes sense, like based on the evidence given by you to the world. Uh, so you, you made all the requisite disclaimers that you're not in the Slack channels, you don't make editorial decisions yeah. and everything. So, so maybe you can be a little bit more flippant then. Um, and we can do a lightning round of what you actually think of the top 10 currencies. Go. All right. Um, so we'll start with the big daddy, Bitcoin. Uh, store of value. I hope that someday it becomes a uh, medium of exchange. Ether. It's migrating. Okay. I, I mean, decentralized finance, open finance, and yeah. the best uh, group. No, the, the, you don't. You, you, no, best group of developers in the ecosystem. Um, you don't. You don't. You don't have to. You don't have to backtrack. It's migrating was was the hottest the hottest form of that take. <laughs> XRP. Uh, Ripples. Bitcoin Cash. Bcash. Uh, Bitcoin SV. Is that that's on the top ten still? <laughs> Uh, goner tether oh boy i don't want to get i don't want to get hit Litecoin. <laughs> um i mean yeah there's no purpose chain link wow oracle <laughs> yes oh boy uh nice fundraise tezos the Brightmans do not like me. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That's 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 ten. I can I can I can I can I can I can feel it. Yeah. No, man. I, well, I can I can feel you getting hot. You're like, oh man. The team's oh boy. Fucking no, kill me for this. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No, no, no. There. So. Um, the, the beauty of, of crypto is, you know, Bitcoin's for the longest journey. Ethereum is as well. Um, most of those, most of the other tokens you mentioned are, you know, two to three years old, so early um, and amazing things could happen. It's, it's, uh, they're all startup experiments. And the reason for the jokes and skepticism is just, look, the valuations are crazy. The expectations are crazy, but yeah, I mean, there's some things in there that are going to be really interesting experiments. What do you think the biggest misconception that people have is of either the block as a brand or a group of, of, of folks or of you in particular? Yeah, that, that we... Because I, I will say, I think most people, I don't know how many people have seen you do interviews. I think you've only done a, a couple maybe at this point. Yeah. Um, and there's a pretty massive delta between yeah. you on camera or on a podcast or in person and what people see online. Yeah. So people, uh, like we're a team that when we do our best work, uh, offline, you know, in terms of our thinking, our cover, not offline, but you know, off social media. So Mm -hmm. they're the research team our our journalism team, like they are exceptional folks. Uh, I have no doubt that if we just, zipped everything up and shut off the social accounts and, and those didn't exist. And, you know, then, um, you know, we would be viewed as the most authoritative positive information force in, in this space, uh, along with Masari on the, of course, data registry disclosure and, and project side. The, the thing is, um, like they're like a lot of really good people. It, it's the sort of, it's honestly one of the closest, most fun teams. Um, and I'm an outlier of it. Like, but the re the editorial team is so, is so close and it's just fun to watch, um, yeah, them interact and, and they're really incredible. So we all get along, we give each other a hard time. We have a ton of fun and there's like on the team, there's not none of this angst and you know, this feeling of like X doesn't like Y or any of that. It's, it's really, you know, it really is a fun, curious, thoughtful, Team. So I think, by the way, people are appreciating that. Like when we do the one-to-one meeting, you know, when I talk to you in person, it's always like gracious and, and fun. And, and the key as we grow up and as this space grows up is that, you know, more of this happens and less of the, less of the nonsense that uh, I personally, I wouldn't speak for my team, uh, who I think has been really professional. Um, but, you know, the work that we put down like if you just looked at our website uh i'm really proud of it well there, there's a saying in politics when you're behind in the polls you go negative uh and then once you're the front runner you, you basically just let let your work speak for itself or you know just kind of run on on autopilot so there's no reason yeah. to, to to punch down i would say that's um, happening i mean I, mm-hmm. and if i know you and i look at you as well and i don't want to speak for you but my sense is you ran hotter in the past like then um maybe perhaps uh and and i think you've got a more of a sage wisdom now that blends and matches with that i i'm trying to and feel like the same i don't know if that's a projects but um it's important and and i think the space is that like it was it was pretty ugly last year all around you know mm-hmm. certainly in the beginning price was down it was 
yeah, there are people that I'm friends with now. You have some of the ex Coindesk folks, um, and uh, and it's it's so I'm I'm happy. It's been it's been a f- by the way, yeah. The last couple of months have been so fun. You know, our traffic's way up. I've talked to other publications in the space and information sources. Their traffic's way up. Price is up. Like it's a, you know, I don't want to like pop the champagne too early, but it's a heck of a lot of fun. Um, you know, we're out, you know, talking to all kinds of folks, prospective customers, um, you know, always talking to investors, other people in the space, like so much optimism, even just relative to October, November of last year. Yeah, it's, it's, it is weird. And I've been through a couple of these cycles full time now, you know, everybody is very chummy and excited to see each other when, (laughs) when there's like an upward moving chart, you know, um, and there's a lot of high fives to go around. But in the bear markets, the knives come out Ugh. and they're, and, and they are vicious. Yeah. Um, and there's definitely some bodies there, you know, like in terms of relationships sure. that probably won't come back. And that's, you know, I think that's for the best. Like when you're in a space this volatile in terms of mm-hmm. technology, in terms of the religious fervor that, that so many of these communities have, uh, and in terms of the stakes from a you know, money, money perspective, yeah, you're going to get some disagreement and you're going to get some you know, some people who, who probably don't like each other a lot. And I think that's totally fine. And this space is almost too comfortable embracing, you know, the dislike. So I think it's fine to just say, Hey, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to communicate and that's a good thing. Let's move on. Let's keep it off. Uh, keep it out of other folks' eyes and you know, be professionals. And I've had a couple of folks do that with me. It's been mm-hmm. wonderful over the past couple of months, I think. It's, uh, uh, even even if you're not uh, interfering with editorial, you, you know you de facto have a say in in the direction of of coverage just by virtue of you know what uh, systems that you build on the back end or or you know which um, mm-hmm. elements of the business you build like this you know this conference that you got coming up. Um, how do you how do you think about expansion into new areas uh, or being reactive to new cycles versus trying to invest heavily in, in something like that? that might be more of an emerging trend because um, I think anyone that's in an information business might say that they're trying to peer around the corner and get you know a leg up uh, and and be first to market but at the end of the day you go where the audience eyeballs are and, yeah. and where they tell you to go um, and I don't think many people recognize that. Um, investigative journalism and, and, and hardcore research only works if people give a shit about the subject. So you can be too early on certain stories because people just don't give a shit because the stakes are too small or is too early in, in, you know, a different sector's lifestyle. Um, obviously the death knell is, is if you're too late and you've missed something highly relevant because then your audience just starts to trust someone else. Um, is that something that you focus on or, or is that at this point completely delegated to, you know, folks like, you know, Mike and Larry and, and folks on the research side? Yeah. So it, it is now completely delegated. Um, as soon as, you know, Mike started, um, you know, Mike and, and Frank and, and Celia, our team is on the journalism side. They, you know, they decide long-term, Hey, who are we? Uh, what, what are we selling to folks, you know, to the audience who's, you know, observing for free, but also the folks who are paying, uh, and you know, putting together just a range of topics, but it all boils down to who is the audience. You know, McSweeney likes to talk about them a lot. And, uh, and then what are we, you know, what, what do we want to tell them and how do we want to tell it? 
on the research side, it's been really a well-oiled machine for, for a year plus now. Uh, and it's really an incredible team. So, you know, we, uh, we cover Bitcoin and Ethereum primarily, uh, the, the gentleman downstairs just started drilling. So, uh, you may have the background, but anyway, you, you cover Bitcoin, Ethereum, the most, uh, mm-hmm. Bitcoin more than Ethereum. Uh, and then, you know, everything else, not according to market cap, but so we're constantly putting signals. I think right now, so I don't get a say, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say, uh, hopefully the team will watch this next week, uh, that it, we're a little, maybe a little too cautious and not reporting on stuff that's around the corner um, mm-hmm. and the investigative journalism. I want to see that dialed back up. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully they watch it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think we're catering to the customer. Well, they're 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 going to be they're going to be watching just with oh, yeah. bated breath to make sure that uh, I didn't get you guys into trouble, yeah. uh, or that more likely than not you didn't get them into trouble. Right. Um, the um, it, what what do you say to folks um, that push back on just paying for for content number one, mm-hmm. and then the the skepticism that I hear mostly about around people paying for subscriptions generally boils down to, well, all this information is already available somewhere. You know, I'm just going to use X, Y, Z free resources. Um, and if you take the approach that most journalists only have 50% of the story, right? Some people are very skeptical of journalism as, as a model in general. Um, if they only know 50% of the story, would you rather just have like a mosaic of different first party accounts for how a given industry works or how, um, how given, you know, news stories evolving? What, what, what would you argue is the value of independence editorial research brands, uh, in a market where you could, you might say that there's as much or more value, um, in just keeping all of that information in house and trading on it on the one hand, um, or just, you know, running some aggregation portal. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, it depends on the team, right? Uh, but there's meaning if you have an extremely credible team that's really talented and that is so good that they could run an in-house, you know, algorithm based on their insights. Well, hell, if you can get them to release information for X price, um, then, you know, a whole lot of people are going to pay for it. Right. And it's worth something. And so on the research side, I would argue that our work, I mean, the people themselves, and you know, I don't want them, I'd be sad if they all left and went and worked at yeah, hedge funds tomorrow. Um, and how yeah, they probably get, some of them will get wrecked, you know I mean? It's a market specific thing. If everybody had left in 2019, yeah, the majority of folks would have, um, you know, not done well because of the market. So, this team that we have is, is, you know, they're top notch. Right. And, and so they could go out and do uh, a whole number of things from investing you know, in tokens to investing in projects to, you know, you name it, running their own, you know, independent Ben Thompson type uh, newsletters. What's beautiful is they've come together. They're incredibly good. And, and I would argue by far uh, the best in terms of regular output and insights uh, in the industry. And, and so therefore, um, there's a clear qualitative difference between the product and, and anything else that's 
available for a reasonable price point without bringing somebody onto your team. So my sale is just, well, hell, instead of spending a hundred K plus on your analysts, you know, spend X with us and it's a lot cheaper or just augment it. And it's like having two bodies. Um, that pitch is resonating. And, and so our business is doing well and we're growing on the journalism side. For the most part, we don't, uh, we charge in the form of sort of you know, typical advertising and association with the brand. We're very mm-hmm. selective. We've only had a few dozen sponsors um, and you know, we charge a direct rate. So you're paying us and uh, we have partnerships with those folks. So uh, you know, we've kept the quality of sponsors high as you know, I think you guys do direct sales and it's similar. You, you choose your sponsors and, uh, and you kind of stand by them. So um, the, the bottom line is the folks who are consuming the content for free are paying you know, via their attention and, and the brand association. And then on the other side, so to answer your question directly, it's hard to get people to pay for journalism, right? And so for us, it's, it's, it's so impactful in terms of how we establish a brand that very many people see that's super credible, that they're aware of, and that acts as a um, top of funnel halo and awareness meter and credibility establisher and comfort establisher. So down the road, when we have those uh, really deep insights that consistently day in and day out, predictably, you know, allow you to make decisions, whether it be research or in the long run, more of a data and services business. Uh, and I'll obviously stay intentionally vague there, but that folks will trust and recognize your brand and therefore be more, be more likely and warm to, uh, Hey, you know, would you like to work with us, you know, for, for a year or more? Uh, and, and it's, it's going to be a big number, but we're the information brand that you want to associate with. What's, uh, journalism in and of itself is really hard uh, to make into a business model right now, as you know, what's the thing that you're most excited about for this year with respect to new developments of the company, right? The, the, the team seems to be on autopilot, you know, hit, hit, hit their stride in terms of ongoing coverage. Yeah. What's next? So the biggest is, uh, it's really getting a team that's incredible working together, uh, firing in all cylinders and then putting uh, a bunch of stuff out there to allow them, you know, exposure. So it's, uh, you know, we need to market the product right to date. It's been organic. Uh, we're having an event during blockchain week as our, you know, other folks. Um, and so getting the team out there to share their knowledge more broadly and we'll film that and share it. Um, but you know, we're, we're introducing a product this year called the block explorer that, uh, will be more, uh, crunch basing pitch bookie, um, CB insights, like it's an actual product versus just, you know, versus uh, a website. And so we're excited about that. And that's, you know, that's later this year. Um, it's going to be different than what Masari or, you know, some of the other folks who are different than you do. Uh, and so, so, you know, we want to become a one-stop information shop uh, for, for brands and needs from, you know, sponsorship to, to research to, uh, deeper custom information. Mike, uh, thank you so much for joining. I think uh, you know, you. most people that watch this interview are probably going to get a, a very different sense uh, for how you operate than if they were just <laughs> interacting on a day-to-day basis on Twitter. Um, although uh, you're going to have to a- answer one final question. Please. Uh, you, you've gone back and forth on deleting tweets. Yeah. So 
uh, what is it? Are you going to keep your tweets? Are they in some historical archive or uh, are you going to continue to delete them every 48 hours or so? Yeah. So uh, I view tweets as uh, an, ep- an ephemeral communication method. And uh, it, I would prefer to be able to delete them without uh, ruffles, meaning, you know, if they're just pithy, chill, nobody's going to care mm-hmm. if they get deleted. But uh, yeah, it's, it's so weird to have all your thoughts out there. Yeah, just mm-hmm. public. Like when people who aren't tweeters talk to me, like my wife or my family, and they're like, "All that stuff's up there. Like, what's wrong with you?" You know. So a normal person would be like, "Delete that, <laughs> oh my God." Um, and then like you know, the the folks in the in the you know, crypto community and specifically big quarters are like, "You heretic! You know, you don't leave that stuff up there immutably." And and do you really believe what you say? And well, yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I just don't think it like needs to stand there for posterity. So, um. I'm going to leave my tweets up for now. The majority of them I've, I've been going about a week and a half. Uh, I'm going to give it a little bit longer horizon uh, so that people can enjoy. And I'm going to try and be more chill this year, but we'll see. I'll put it out some other week. <laughs> uh, truer words. Never spoken. Uh, at M Dudas. Uh, Mike, thanks again for joining. Thank you. Hope everyone enjoyed this conversation and uh, check out the blockcrypto.com. Uh, if uh, you want to read more of the team's day-to-day journalistic (laughs) pieces uh, alongside Coindesk. So thanks, buddy. um, Until next time, thanks for tuning in. Peace. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. New episodes of Unqualified Opinions go live weekdays at noon Eastern time. You can follow me in the meantime on Twitter at 2BitIdiot if you want to continue the conversation or troll me. Otherwise, I'll see you next week.